Hey, welcome to the Ocean Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and reminds you that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, we've been in this series that there is more. And, and the reality is uh, the enemy hates what God has done and what he's doing in your life. And the story that God is writing with your life by you, you even being here right now is, is absolute confirmation that God is doing something wonderful in your life. If you're watching online, that applies for you as well. And, and so there is hope that fills you. You may not even be aware of today. Maybe today's been a day that doesn't feel like it has much hope. But there's hope that fills you that this world is desperate for. And so Easter is one of those times where we're, we're kind of permissioned. It's, it's a, a safe time to be able to, to ask a neighbor and say, hey, would you join me? Man, come to church with me. Um, and, uh, and people are open. And so let's take the hope of Jesus and let's carry that out. We'll have uh, physical touch cards to put in your hands this next week. But we want to start with the digital one that you can text, you can send to, to different friends. And, and let's, let's pack our church out and see God do something awesome this year. Amen. Amen. Well, this is a, a very special weekend. And before we get to uh, the Pastor Tom sharing, I just want to remind you um, that, that God has so much more that he's calling us to. And um, we, we give not because that this is a, a a box that we check and say this is part of membership or part of belonging to a church or even part of being a believer. We do that because we recognize as followers of Jesus, everything we have is from him. Everything we have, we just sang it, it's your breath in my lungs. And so I pour out my praise and, and our tithes is what we return. He said, hey, return 10%. It's all mine. I'm asking for 10. That you return 10% to me. And there's a place in our heart that aligns with his as we do that. And then we give what he tells us to. And he puts these, these moments and these opportunities. And, and I'm so excited. I referenced it a few weeks ago. But, but on, the, on the backside of Easter, we're going to have a vision weekend where I'll share about what is coming for us and what, what is ahead of us and the steps that... The, the doors that God's opened for us as a church. And so it's going to be wonderful to share that with you. And we're able to do that because of your obedience to, to what God's put in our hearts. And so uh, as you give this weekend, I want your hearts encouraged. The Lord is, is with you. He, he honors and he fills our life. And how many of you know you can't outgive God? You cannot outgive him. And so there's a number of ways that you can give. Uh, but we like to take a moment, each service, and just turn our hearts to, towards the Lord as we give. And so let's do that now. Father, thank you for the way uh, that you meet us. Lord, thank you for the way that as believers and followers of Jesus, anxiety doesn't get to stay in our hearts when we hear news and we see things about inflation and jobs and, and everything else that, that, that surrounds us and Lord, the upheaval that happens in our nation. Lord, because of your faithfulness, Lord, anxiety doesn't get to take root in our hearts. And so, Lord, in this moment, we worship you and we praise you as our provider. 
as our source. Lord, I pray that every single one, that their hearts would be filled with confidence because of your faithfulness. We worship you, we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you, if you're tuned in online, if you're here with us in the, in the room, we have a very special weekend. And uh, Pastor Tom Lane is here with his beautiful wife, Miss Jan. We're so happy to have him here. Pastor Tom, was he, go ahead. Pastor Tom was my executive pastor when I served at Gateway Church uh, for seven years. And, uh, and then it was wonderful that our relationship has just got to grow since the Lord sent Anna and I here. And so, Pastor Tom, we're so grateful to have you here. He is our apostolic elder. He oversees our elder team. And you're going to hear and understand that in a, in a much better way today. And so would you get, again, give him a big welcome as he comes. Pastor Tom. Hello, everybody. I am once again so glad to be with you, and I bring you greetings from your extended family in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, uh, Gateway Church. And, um, you know, I, I just want to tell you, I, my heart is thrilled. You might wonder, what's an apostolic overseer? It's sort of like a grandfather in the church business. I, I get to be a grandfather. I get to come and, and hug all the kids and say hi and rejoice in all that is taking place and uh, be a support. I'm here to support the work that is going on, and I'm so proud of what is being done. So if you're here at the Estero campus and you're visiting and you're, you're looking for a place, I tell you this is a great place. And if you're online just checking things out, I want to tell you, this is a great place to put deep, deep roots. Every family uh, has special events. As a pastor, I've known this for 40 years. Uh, when someone asks me to do a wedding, I'm always honored because I know how special of an event that is in a family's life. Or when I'm asked to oversee or to preside over a funeral, I know the, the process that is involved in, in that family's grieving and loss of a loved one. Uh, but there's many, many things, many special moments in the life of families, graduations, uh, so many, so many things like that. And this weekend is one of those special moments. I think that when, when you put in, we're, we're setting in two new elders in this body. And when, when you, you do this, it's one of the most significant and important things that can be done. I believe God, it, it's, it's like one of those special moments in a family. God looks in and says, I'm watching what's happening in my body and the leadership that's being established. And um, so this weekend is going to be a really special uh, time. Uh, you know, uh, before I talk about, I've titled this message, why church government? And I was thinking about this message, trying to think from the perspective of what I've experienced as I've been. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 16. I came into ministry when I was 30. And I, I've experienced, been under various forms of church government. 
my family was a part of the Presbyterian church. So until I was in my early teens, I went to the Presbyterian church. Didn't know Jesus, but I understood all kinds of religious form. I understood uh, elder governance and I understood deacons and trustees and things like that that was a part of that governing system. And then when I got saved, I got saved in a Christian and Missionary Alliance church and I started growing and the Christian and Missionary Alliance church had local elders and trustees and denominational oversight and uh, I got married uh, while I was a part of that church and then I went into business and took business transfers to a couple of cities and ended in various churches with differing uh, structure. And here's what I found. <clears throat> I, I was reflecting back on this thinking, I never thought about the church government of the church I was involved in when I was sitting in a weekend service. Because if it's done right, you don't, you, you don't see it. You don't, you don't think of it. You just see the results of it. You see the impact of it in the way that the ministries are led. And so let me start with just a reminder of what the church is. The church isn't this building. The church is us, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. We affirm that. The church is a gathering of saints for encouragement and discipleship and, and service. And so where you connect in a, in a body will impact your spiritual growth and development. A church is the expression of, of God on the earth with life-giving benefits. Consider this passage, Psalm 92 and verse 12. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there's no unrighteousness in him. What a tremendous acknowledgement or endorsement for our involvement in the church. How important is church government? It's essential if we're gonna see this fruitfulness in our lives that Psalm 92 talks about. Uh, the responsibility of elders are a God-given responsibility. First Peter 5 and verse 1 says this, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would give you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, I don't know if, if you see this in the way that I have for these years, but I see this as when, when you are a shepherd, when you are a, a pastor, an elder, a, a part of the leadership, there is a responsibility that God holds you to and you will, you will give accountability for what you've done and there'll be a reward for what, what, how well you did it. Ocean, Ocean Church has a balanced structure to ensure that it's a healthy place for you and your family to worship, to grow, to grow spiritually. This is a really, really good place. 
So, three points I want to make. Why do we need church government? Here's the first one. Uh, this, uh, the point is, why is church government important? Church government is the framework that provides a protected atmosphere for God's work. It provides a spiritual framework for God and for God's people to work in. And it provides the structure to hear, believe, and obey God and to teach others to do the same. Here's the reality. If you may be like me, you may have sat under several different kinds of church governance and any governance will work as long as there's two ingredients. The people love each other and they love God. What, what becomes critical, or when it becomes critical, the kind of government that you have in place becomes critical when they, there's a, a crisis that comes about. Um, this whole idea of working in the, in the flow of, uh, it'll work no matter what, is never more apparent than when you're a, a new church plant. I've been a part of two churches in my 40 years of ministry, both starting from the very beginning, and they had these things in common. When, when you start, it's all hands on deck. Everybody goes in. You don't, you don't have a sort of a structure. You don't need a structure. It's more of a me, an amoeba that just moves and flows with what's needed in the body. And everybody loves everybody. And you sacrifice your time, talent, your resources in order to make it happen. But just like a family, as you grow in numbers and your size grows, you have to become more structured to be able to understand, to be able to have order and to do the things that are needed to be done. Um, when in the first church that we were involved in as a church plant, we were sent out from a church to plant a church. <clears throat> and because I'd been involved in so many of these others and some of the people that were with us, uh, forms of government, we decided the best form of government was no government. And so the men of the church, we were about 100 people, and the men of the church met every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. We had breakfast, and we conducted the business of the church. And it worked well for a while until the church started to grow, and our numbers went from maybe you know, 35 to 50 to 100 to 150. And our meeting went from eight until noon. And what we noticed in the meeting is that there were some men that began to rise to the top in their uh, opinions and in their, uh, their voice meant more. They were sort of like the E.F. Huttons in the group. We might be discussing an issue. And we, when we discussed an issue, uh, if they said, you know what I think, I think this it sort of silenced the group. It's like, yeah, I agree with him. He's, he's right. That's, that's what I think. And so one day after it had gone for four hours plus on a Saturday morning, we said, you know what? We can't continue to do it like this. Why don't we, why don't we appoint elders to govern the church? And you know what? what we did is just recognize what was already being done. There was a, a group of about six or eight men out of this group that had, been reading, uh, that had been meeting on Saturday mornings that became the elders of the church. The rest of us then got to rest under the canopy of their work and authority 
as they govern the church. Uh, it's important. Uh, church government establishes the framework and the structure for our peace and our growth. The second thing I want to say is, uh, what's the purpose of church government? When One of the things I love to do at Gateway is, I, before a service starts, I like to go out into the congregation and, you know, there's enough people that I don't know everybody. So I'll sit down next to somebody and I say, well, tell me your gateway story. And they say, well, and they start describing what happened to them. And what I noticed is somewhere in their story, you know, if I were to say to them, so what attracted you to gateway? They would say, well, it just feels like such a healthy place. The right church government is what enables the atmosphere to be created so that you, you can say, this just feels like a good place. <clears throat> uh, when the church is led well, the government operates in the background. The effects are felt uh, and often, but they're out of sight of the ministry work that takes place on any given weekend. The operations are mostly not seen by the members or by the congregation. It just runs smoothly. The government structure of the church provides an environment for God's work. Its function is to protect the purity of the ministry. It's to serve as an incubator for individual growth and, and intimacy with God and service for him. And it's to shepherd the congregation for protection, guidance, and care, providing the needs of the people. The combined effort of every level of leadership in the church, whether it's volunteers, staff, the senior or lead pastor, or the elders, is to hear what God is saying. The church belongs to God. We, we are his sheep, and we are, as, as leaders, we are the under-shepherds with Jesus being the shepherd. So our focus, our intent, is to hear God. And once we hear God, we want to believe what he said, and then we want to act with courage and faith to obey. The government structure of the church matters when trouble exists. When there's a transition in the, the ministry team or the, the lead pastor, when there's been a moral or financial failure of one of the key leaders, or when there's a disgruntled group in the church seeking to force some change. I remember in one of those instances that, that impacted my life, <clears throat> there was, it was, a, it was an Easter, and we were, we were having more attendance than we could accommodate in our building, so we rented the Civic Center in, in our city, and we were gonna meet on Easter service, everybody in one service at the Civic Center. And we got word that there was a person who was uh, upset about something that the elders had decided and they were gonna come and disrupt the service. Sit on the front row and at an inappropriate time in the service, stand up and declare what they were uh, offended about and they believed that it was God who was leading them to disrupt the service in this way. It was the elders who, who were proactively moved to say, you can't come and do that in our service. 
we'll, we will not let you come to the service if you're going to act this way. It's for the protection of the people who come and participate in the service. If you want to talk, we'll, we'll come, we'll talk. You can come and we'll address any issue that you want to address, but you cannot speak to an issue in that way. It's for the purpose of shepherding the congregation, for protection, for covering, for guidance, for care, so that the people have, are protected and their needs are met. Um, at times, we need to be, uh, we need a, a balanced structure of support and accountability for health and safety. The structure provides connection and balance needed. So the senior pastor, here, here's the way we, we say this, the structure is, uh, we are elder governed, senior pastor led, and staff and volunteer run. We're elder governed, senior pastor led, staff and volunteer run. And so the, the, God sets in the senior pastor the elders govern and oversee the ministry and monitor the results, and the important work of ministry is facilitated by staff and volunteers. So we're, we're doing something really important today. We're setting in new elders. How are those elders selected? Well, we're, we're told in Titus and in Timothy that they need to meet certain spiritual qualifications. Timothy or Titus 1.5 says, appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open uh, to a charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict. So this passage and the passage in Timothy instructs the spiritual maturity of the, of the person that's selected as an elder. But this is the sort of the grid that we use as we appoint elders. They need to be spiritually qualified. Uh, they need to meet the qualifications of these uh, scriptural requirements. Now, we don't say they need to be perfect. No one is perfect. But they need to be uh, spiritually mature and demonstrate that maturity in the way that they uh, live and operate. They need to be connected and serving in the body. You know, I was saying last night to the elders that we don't appoint elders thinking once we appoint them, they'll begin to act like elders. We recognize people that are functioning as elders, spiritual leaders, and we, we acknowledge what God is doing in their life and then point, uh, appoint them uh, to a position. So they are spiritually qualified and then they are recognized. The fruit of their life and their devotion to God, in addition to being qualified, that fruit is recognized. And some of the things that we're looking for besides the spiritual qualifications are, are they governmentally gifted? Do they enjoy dealing with the issues of, of the church? 
as, uh, uh, reviewing the vision and fleshing the vision out, discussing the, the finances and the financial operation of the church, the budget and the things that are there, monitoring the results of ministry. And when you sit in a meeting, do you look at your clock and go, when is this gonna be over? I hate doing this. Well, if that's you, you're probably not governmentally gifted. So are they governmentally gifted? Are they relationally connected to the senior pastor and to the vision? Occasionally, we'll have somebody come, in, come into our church and they say, well, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. You know, I'm, I'm new here, but I was an elder in my pri previous church and I served there as an elder for a certain length of time. And we say, hey, great, great. Come in, build relationship, begin ministering, and let us recognize what God is doing in you in this place. So not every person who meets the scriptural qualifications becomes an elder. But the elders that are appointed meet the scriptural qualifications. Uh, so relationally connected to the senior pastor and the vision of the church and then respectful and supportive of the structure of governance that we have. So our, our elders... We say they govern uh, in, in most every church. The elders are involved somewhere in ministry and one of the requirements of an elder is that they're apt to teach so they need to know the scripture and be able to refute uh, doctrinal error and things like that. But um, as a part of, of that work, uh, the, the elders... The elders work to establish the, the structure uh, that is present. So elders govern, senior pastor leads, and so the authority of the elder, elder body is it within the group and not individually within uh, the, the church, the organization. The staff and volunteers implement and serve, and we have uh, a whole array of people that are administratively gifted, that serve in various capacities from ushering to, uh, to uh, greeting in the lobby to uh, facilitating uh, different areas of ministry. The elders are appointed and are recognized as part of God's work. So what we've done over the last several months is we've, we've prayed and we've looked for men who are already functioning as spiritual leaders in the body, who have an area of influence and ministry flowing out of their own life and who have a relationship with the existing elders and with our senior leader, our lead pastor. And as we did that, we asked them, it's, it's by choice that you serve. It's not, you know, you're not drafted in, you're asked in. And uh, we asked our do you feel this same calling and do you have any questions that you would want to ask us as you step in to this area of ministry? So these men have graciously agreed to serve this body in this capacity and we're setting them in in service tonight. Okay, so Pastor Josh, I want to invite you to come here with me and uh, we'll do this very spiritual work. You know, I, I want you to, to hear uh, 
because I think the, the, the places and the times that, that a church will feel and look for the stability of elders are always, is always in the worst times. And it's, it's amazing how uh, in the midst of, of crisis, God's work can continue and actually flourish. And that's what he's put in us, that his life would, wouldn't be stopped or, or hindered in the midst of hard times, but it would flourish. And this is, a, this is a moment of convergence. This is where you have the power of God, the gifts of God, and the structure of his church that come together. It's this, we see it in buildings. It, it doesn't do us much good to have walls without power. We'd be in the dark. Those online wouldn't hear or see anything. You, you need power, but you need it in the structure so they function together. And, and so this is a, a wonderful moment. Many of you, when we introduce, as I introduce our, our elder team, you will uh, recognize and, and uh, you'll understand how committed and you'll know them from the places that they serve. And so I want to begin with Jeff and Marianne Cecil. If you guys will join us and you can give them a hand as they come. As Jeff and Marianne join us, some of you are saying, wait, I know them from new here. Yes, you do. Jeff and Marianne. Serve at new here and have been here and, and are just faithful, faithful people that love this church. They love you and they love Jesus. And... Um, and I'm, I'm honored that they would, they would serve with us. Uh, next, I want to invite Pastor Phil and April McMillan. You guys know Pastor Phil. And this weekend is special. You know, uh, I was talking to, to our elder team and just saying, you know, Pastor Phil became an elder in August of 2020. And there was a lot happening. And so we didn't get to have... A moment like we're taking today to honor and just uh, officially set him in and recognize the gift of God on his life. And so, love you both. Thank you for loving God's people the way you do. Uh, and now I get to introduce our new elders that are that are joining and stepping in. So first, I'd love to introduce and invite Roy and Sharon Long to join us. Now, Roy and Sharon were, were there um, at our Cape Coral campus. And so when we launched our Cape Coral campus, Roy and Sharon were some of those that uh, I would get there early and I'd pray in the auditorium and I'd lay hands on the seats there. And, and, and there was this precious couple that was there early praying and uh, we got to know each other. And Pastor Tom talked about how, how they've functioned in this gift, and, and there's something about them that I felt stabilized. I felt the peace of God uh, over my heart as, as I was around them. And so I told them, I said, hey, every week, I, I want you to pray over me before I go preach. And, uh, and so they, they've functioned as elders even before today. It's wonderful. Our last couple that we're going to invite, uh, Myron and Terry Smith, if you will join us as well. 
Many of you may, may recognize them and say, that, they prayed for me. Myron and Terry are on our prayer team and, and again, connected and committed. You guys stand right up here. Just join right next to Roy and Sharon. What I want to do is I want to read, Pastor Tom read these, these verses, but I want to read them again as a charge over not just Roy and, and Myron, but our elder team. Pastor Tom is our apostolic overseer that, that has walked us through uh, so, many, so many hard times, and yet the work of God is continuing, the work of God is being done, and Jesus, his name is being lifted up, and that will continue. And so, elders, I want to charge you afresh and anew. This is 1st Timothy or excuse me 1st Peter chapter 5 and now a word to you who are elders in the churches I too am an elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ and I too will share his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder I appeal to you care for the flock God has entrusted to you watch it willingly not grudgingly not for what you get out of it but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. It's, it's one thing to be affirmed by man. It's another to be affirmed by God. And what he says about us is what matters. Uh, the word I asked the Lord just for, for a fresh word, and, and, and what he gave me was, it's such an encouraging word. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 6 says that a righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets up. And you know what's wonderful about that? He doesn't say a perfect man. And I love that, that even a righteous man falls isn't that good to know, like, when we fall, like, hey, look, the word says righteous men fall too. But there's something about a righteous man that knows what it is to get up and encourages others to get up. And as servant-hearted leaders, there's a fresh anointing of, of encouraging those around you to get up. It's okay. God's with you. He's going to transform your life. He's going to work in your life. And there's fresh encouragement that's going to fill your mouth and come out of you like never before. So church family, I want you just to, if you would, just as an ex a sign of, of agreement in faith, would you extend your, your hand this way? And we're going to pray over Pastor Tom, if you'll join me, help me. Um, Pastor Tom and I are just going to lay hands on our elder team and pray over them. So Lord, right now, we pray over Roy. Lord, we thank you for the gift of God. Lord, that you have, have filled him in such a fresh, precious way. Lord, thank you for the way that he protects your house. Lord, thank you for the way that he, he has eyes to see in protection. And Lord, we thank you for just a fresh assignment for him. God, thank you for the way that he serves and he doesn't try to, to get in the limelight, but Lord, he cares that your work is done in the hearts of people. 
Father, I pray just your voice speaking to his heart afresh and anew. Lord, we receive him and the gift that he is as an elder of Ocean Church. We bless him today in Jesus' name. We thank you for him. Lord, thank you for he and Sharon's marriage. Lord, your hand over their life, life and health. Lord, let them flourish like never before in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Roy, today we we vest in you the full authority and rights of an elder in the body of Ocean Church. We, We encourage you. We ask you to minister with every gift that God has given you and with the authority that comes not from us, but from heaven. The Lord anoint you and bless you in this role. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray over, over Myron right now. God, we thank you that, Lord, that you, you have redeemed And Lord, that your voice speaks to every moment of his life, that you've led him to this place in this moment. And today you see him and your hand is on him. And so Lord, I pray that he would receive it in a fresh way, that he would have eyes to see, Lord, what you are saying and what you are doing in Ocean Church. Lord, we receive the gift of God over his life. We receive him as an elder of Ocean Church. Lord, I pray that he and Miss Terry would flourish like never before. Lord, I speak that this would be the most fun that they've had in ministry, seeing your life flow through them. Lord, bless them. Fill them with your spirit afresh and anew. In Jesus' name. Myron, we lay hands on you and invest in you the full authority and rights of an elder in Ocean Church. And we encourage you, minister as God has gifted you and his doors open to you in the authority of heaven because the authority comes from heaven and not from us. God bless you, my brother. Welcome to the team. All right, I want to just pray over our team. You say, I didn't know I could come to church and go through like a, a church government orientation and it'd be so good. But it is. So y'all just continue to extend your faith. Lord, we thank you for what you have ahead of us. And Lord, our heart is that when your your eyes search this earth and you, you look, that Lord, they wouldn't keep searching to try to find faithful. Lord, that you wouldn't pass Ocean Church, that your eyes wouldn't have to, to, to pass by because there'd be people that were too, too obsessed with themselves and too distracted with the busyness of life. But God, that you would find faithful people that care that your work is done in the hearts of people. Lord, that, that we would be a safe place. And so, Lord, I pray a fresh anointing, Lord, fresh authority, and structure in Ocean Church to do what you've called us to do. Lord, thank you that there are no limitations when our lives are submitted to you and we walk in obedience to you. So as the leadership, the governing uh, team of Ocean Church, we say, Father, have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks again for listening. If you'd like more information or if you'd like to connect with us, visit OceanChurch.com. We love you and hope you join us soon online or at one of our campuses located in Southwest Florida.